0: Welcome to episode 32 of Lakeshore Christian Church's Midweek Video Podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell. We're coming to you live from our studio at our Antioch campus here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. We're glad to have you joining us today. If you haven't done so already, you can hit that subscribe button. uh, Hit that notification bell so you get notifications when we post a new podcast. We uh, come to you live every Wednesday at noon uh, but then, of course, it's posted after that, and you can listen to it on many of your favorite podcast platforms. Invite others to join us as well. If you're listening to us live on our YouTube channel, we've got the uh, chat box open. So if you've got questions or comments you want to share, uh, just go ahead and, and post those in the chat box. Where we tr- we'll try to respond to all of those as they come in. Each week on the podcast, uh, we're doing a series right now at Lakeshore on Sundays called I Resolve. And during this series, each week on the podcast, we're going a little deeper in the message uh, from the previous week and then previewing the message coming up the next week. Uh, In this message series called I Resolve, we started out with the theme of resolving to follow Jesus. And then each week we've been talking about what that looks like, how you live that out in everyday life. We talked about having the attitude that Christ has, the attitude of a servant, uh, attending consistently the assemblies of the church. That's part of what it would look like to follow Jesus, uh, was to study God's word faithfully, to serve willingly, to support cheerfully. And this past week, we talked about connecting purposely, uh, connecting with a purpose for being connected to the body of Christ the church. If you missed any of those, or you'd like to go back and catch any of those, they are archived on our YouTube channel. You can go back and watch or listen to any of those there. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about connecting with purpose to the body of Christ. The theme verse for the whole series is found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. It's a summary verse that describes the lifestyle of the first Christians, the first ones to hear the gospel message that Peter had preached there in Acts chapter 2 is recorded for us on the day of Pentecost following the resurrection of Jesus Peter, and the other apostles are in Jerusalem, and they've been empowered by the Holy Spirit, and then he preaches this gospel sermon, and the crowd, it says many in the crowd, their hearts were touched, they were convicted, and they asked Peter and the other apostles what they needed to do, and he told them to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, and they would receive as a gift. The Holy Spirit would be a gift from God that they would receive. And then it says 3,000 of them responded and were baptized, about 3,000 that day. And verse 42 then is a summary verse of how their lives changed and certain things they devoted themselves to after they were baptized into Christ. It says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. These four things they were devoted to could be referred to maybe as spiritual disciplines. These were things that were a regular part of their lives as Christ followers. They weren't necessarily a part of their lives before this, so that's a change. That's a new life that they're living with these four things being main focuses that they were devoted to in life. And, and the apostles' teaching, of course, is uh, today available to us in Scripture. So we, if we're going to follow that pattern, follow that example, it means we're devoted to studying Scripture. So part of our purpose for being followers of Jesus and connected, being connected to the church is that ongoing devotion to study God's Word. It says that we're devoted also to the fellowship, and that's the assembly, the gathering, all those brothers and sisters that considered themselves Christ followers. They began to have this common union, this this connection to each other, and they began to do life together. Uh, If you read on in the book of Acts, in the next several verses, they were regularly meeting together in the temple courts. They were going to each other's homes and eating meals together. They were doing life together. And so they were connected to each other via their connection to Christ. Being connected to Christ means you also connect with others who are connected to Christ. And so that connection has purpose behind it. God designed it to work that way because there's a purpose to live how that needs to be affecting our lives and how we should live that out. Uh, last Sunday, we talked about several factors, four factors uh, are, that are related to that purpose that we have. One is the relationship factor. Uh, it, it means we're devoted to one another when we're devoted to Christ. If you're devoted to the fellowship, it means you're devoted to the family of God. Uh, That takes place through the local church, but also the church universal all around the world. We should support each other, encourage each other. Uh, We should be concerned about the welfare of others who are brothers and sisters in Christ. I love that at Lakeshore, we've got great connection with people that are part of our church family through uh, the assemblies on Sundays, but also through life groups and Bible study classes and things like that. Uh, People fellowship with each other. They do things together. They encourage each other and support each other. That's part of what it means to have this relational factor to that connectivity to the body of Christ. There's also the ministry factor, and we looked at how, and I talked about it last week on the podcast, how we need to be doing the one another passages in Scripture. Love one another. Uh, support one another, encourage one another. Uh, The Bible says in Romans uh, 12, 10, that we need to be devoted to one another uh, in love. So that devotion to one another is lived out in the fellowship of the body of Christ. I know people will argue many times, I don't have to be part of a church to be a Christian. And I understand what they're saying. Uh, It's a personal thing. You've devoted your heart, you've given your heart to to God. You've given your heart to Jesus. He's your Lord. Uh, It is a relationship that you have with him. But in Scripture, that relationship carries with it the additional connectivity with others who are connected to Christ. So the relationship factor is important, and the ministry factor goes along with the relationship. When we are caring about each other and devoted to one another, then we'll be doing the other one another instructions that we have in Scripture. So we learn to serve one another in love. Uh, and it's a humble uh, service where we think of others ahead of ourselves. So we are willing to think of what others need. How, how can we benefit others? That's part of that ministry factor. We're all ministering, which just simply means serving one another in the body of Christ. And we talked about the teaching factor. We're all teachers, whether we uh, see ourselves that way necessarily or not, whether we carry that title officially or not. We're all teaching by our life, our example, the words that we speak, the example that we set. Once we identify with Jesus, here's what happens. Not only in the church, but especially outside the church, if we're wearing that name and we're not keeping it a secret that we're followers of Jesus, then other people, if they know that about us, for many of them, you may be one of the few christians they know or one of the only ones they are around on a regular basis maybe at work or at school or different places that you go and so they will sum up what christianity is by watching you and listening to you so we're teaching others simply by our lifestyles here's what it looks like to be a follower of jesus christ now the pressure is not to be perfect. None of us can be perfect. That's why we still rely on grace, and that's what the cross is all about. We, we are all totally dependent on the grace of God. And the fact that we mess up sometimes does not disqualify us from teaching what it means to be a follower of Jesus. In fact, the way we handle things when we do mess up can tell others a lot about what it means to follow Jesus. When we understand that God still loves us, even when we've messed up, uh, that brothers and sisters in Christ, we still need to love each other, even when there are things in our lives that, that haven't gone the way they should have gone or decisions we made that, that weren't in the will of God. When they see the ability we have to, to repent, to confess, to seek grace and forgiveness from God and that we can receive that, that's a part of how we teach people what it means to follow Jesus too. Obviously, we want to do our best. We want to represent Christ well. The scripture says, live a life worthy of the calling you've received. So we shouldn't willfully choose just to go on sinning and rebellion against God if we claim to follow Jesus. But we need to make every effort to live that life worthy of the calling. So we have this teaching factor where we are representing Christ. The Bible uses the word ambassador. We represent Christ. We We're speaking on his behalf. We are living that out in front of others so that they can see what it looks like to be a Christ follower. Now, oftentimes that will lead people to see a distinct difference in us compared to many other people in the world. And that's the idea. We're supposed to stand out and be distinctly different as Christ followers. And then it can generate this curiosity these questions that might be asked, you know, why do you do that? Why do you not do this? And it gives you the opportunity to, to witness, to speak out in positive ways about your relationship with God through his son, Jesus, which leads to the fourth factor we talked about this past week, which is the evangelism factor. Part of the purpose for being connected to the body of Christ, being connected purposely, is that the ultimate purpose is to help others find their way to Jesus that they might come to know him and follow him in their lives. It's not something you you shouldn't even think about forcing anybody to do. That's not what it's about. It's about their choice to make Jesus Lord. But when we're living it out well, when we're being that example and loving like he wants us to love and treating people with dignity and respect as Christ would teach us to do, while at the same time standing up for what we believe in, in in a godly way and living it out consistently, then that gives us the opportunity to help others find their way to Jesus, too. That curiosity that we create gives us the opportunity to talk to them about Jesus, to talk to them about what it means to be part of a church, and uh, talk to them about what our church does and what, what churches offer and how they minister and how they make an impact in the world and how God calls us all to be a part of that. So the evangelism factor is huge when it comes to being a follower of Jesus, being connected purposely in the church. This next week, we're going to be talking about, as uh, connected to the evangelism factor, how to share our faith in Christ boldly. I love uh, the clear instruction in Scripture. Uh, it's often called the Great Commission in Matthew 28, where we're told to go and make disciples of all nations. So it's an instruction we have, for all Christians have, that part of what we are called to do is share the faith that we have. There's some really good ways to do that. There's some really not so good ways that sometimes people try to do that. Uh, We don't want to be obnoxious and we don't want to be seen as uh, hateful and, and condemning. That's not how we best represent that and live that out. But we should still be willing to be used by God to help make disciples. That means bring others to know and follow Jesus too. In the book of Acts, before we get to that chapter two, back in Acts chapter one, Jesus has risen from the dead. He's talking to his disciples and he tells them in verse eight for them to stay in Jerusalem until they received power that he was going to send them when he went back to the father. And then he says, you will be my witnesses beginning in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, I love that. They they waited in Jerusalem just like Jesus had told them to do, and that's what we see in Acts chapter 2. When Peter and the other apostles are empowered by the Holy Spirit, they began to share the good news of the gospel, and that's when it was first presented so that people could respond to it. But he says that needs to go on. He says, you'll be my witnesses beginning in Jerusalem. That's where it all started. But so often we sometimes leave out Jerusalem. He said, I want you to do this to all Judea, be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And I want to point out two things here in the podcast today. One is, uh, I think the church sometimes, Christ followers, get this idea that this idea of being a witness is something we're not really qualified for. We're, We're not equipped for it. But we need to understand what it means to be a witness. A witness simply tells what you know. What, what have you seen? What have you heard? What have you experienced? A witness just tells their experience. That's the job of a witness. So you're qualified if you are a Christ follower because you've heard the message, uh, you've believed it to be true, and you've responded to it yourself, and then God has forgiven you and empowered you with the presence of his Spirit, and now you're learning and growing as a Christian. So all a witness does is tell about that you tell what you know what you've experienced what you've heard what you've read and how it applies to your life and other people if they're interested if they're curious they'll listen to you and your story and they'll make their own judgments and decisions about whether or not that is something they want to hear more about or they want to uh, follow themselves so you can help as a witness lead others but here's the other thing about the great commission and the call to be a witness. Sometimes in the church today, we've gotten the idea that, that doing this work is something we do somewhere else. But Remember, where did he tell them to start? He said, beginning in Jerusalem. That's where they were. So where should their witnessing start? Right where they were at the time. In fact, in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he says, go and make disciples. And in the original language, it means go wherever you're going. And as you're going, you be doing the work of making disciples. So all of us can start wherever we are. Uh, Start at home. Uh, Talk to your family about following Jesus and what it looks like and be that example for them in the home. But then you have other opportunities to influence other people at work, at school, and other places. As you're going about your life, doing what you're doing, then be that witness that God has called you to be. One of the things I see happening in our culture today that I'm really excited about, I am really excited about something that's stirring in our country, especially there seems to be revival stirring. If you've been watching the news lately or maybe online on social media, you've seen something happening at Asbury University up in Wilmore, Kentucky. There's a revival that broke out from a a simple chapel service that they were having. They've been having chapel services all year, the school year, but something happened at this chapel service where some of those students who made decisions to commit their lives to Jesus wanted to stay and continue to pray and sing songs, and so they came back in and kept doing that. Other students began to come back in and join them, and it's been going on for days now where they've continued this revival, this breaking out there on campus. But here's the thing. It's not just isolated there. This, this spirit of revival is growing I have been feeling it here at Lakeshore and seeing the excitement and, and, the, and the growth of people that are part of our fellowship. And I've been hearing from other pastors and other communities where this sense of a revival is beginning to stir, beginning to take place. I want to challenge you. If you're, if you're interested in learning more or hearing more, just comment there in the chat box today. Or if you listen later on, you can always call us or email us uh, here at Lakeshore. we we'll would be glad to follow up with you. Because I'm convinced there's a hunger and there's a thirst in our culture for what only God can do in our lives. So, we want to invite you to come and be a part of what's happening here at Lakeshore. Uh, I encourage you, if you're in the Kentucky, in the Wilmore, Kentucky area, uh, they're allowing people to come and visit what's going on there at the Asbury campus. If you could go by there and check that out. But uh, there are local churches all around the country and around the world where if you're curious, if you want to know more, I know we'd all be happy to talk with you about that. Well, as we close today, I want to remind you of a couple of things we've got coming up here at Lakeshore that I'd love to invite you to be a part of. We have a welcome lunch schedule for people that are new to Lakeshore coming up uh, on Sunday, February the 26th. It'll be after the 11 o'clock service at the Antioch campus and after the 10 o'clock service there at the Smyrna campus. We'd love to have you sign up for that. You can do that online at lakeshorechristian.com, or if you're at one of our campuses this Sunday, you can register at one of the kiosks at the campuses there. When you sign up, there will be lunch options for you to pick from, so you pick which one you'd like to get, uh, to have, and we'll have that for you. It's free. Uh, the Welcome Lunch is a great time to ask questions, so we'll tell you a little bit more about our church, and you get to meet some of the staff and volunteers that serve here at Lakeshore, so be sure and sign up for that today. We love helping out in our community, too. And we've scheduled with the American Red Cross a blood drive here at our Antioch campus. It's going to be Thursday, March the 9th, from 1 o'clock to 6 o'clock. There are different time slots that you can sign up for that would work for you and your schedule to come and donate blood. Again, you can do that online at lakeshorechristian.com. You can just click on that blood drive graphic, and it will take you to the Red Cross site. Or you can just go directly to the Red Cross site. And type in our zip code, 37013, and it'll show you the blood drives that are taking place here in this zip code and the dates and times, and you can get signed up there. We encourage you to help make a difference in others' lives by donating blood. There are many other things going on here at Lakeshore regularly. We invite you to check out our website, uh, follow us on social media, uh, and we would love for you to come and be a part of one of our services this coming Sunday. At our Antioch campus, we have a 9 o'clock service and an 11 o'clock service. At our Smyrna campus, our service is at 10 o'clock. We'd love for you to come and be a part of connecting, growing, and serving here at Lakeshore Christian Church. Thank you for joining us today.